You're listening to the All Truth is God's Truth program. In God's creation, all truth belongs to Him. Therefore, as Christians, we must connect all truth back to our triune God in light of His inerrant Word and His creating, sustaining, and redeeming work. I'm your host, Jared Moore. So today we're going to be looking at basically the, the father of the side B gay Christianity movement. And this, this group distinguishes between homosexual orientation or same-sex attraction and same-sex sexual attraction. They say to repent or turn from your same-sex sexual attraction, but that your homosexual orientation can be sanctified, that it can be sublimated. So they can they believe that you can actually take your non-sexual things that about you that are gay and turn them to holiness. And one of the biggest proponents, kind of the father of this, is a guy named Wesley Hill. Uh, Wesley Hill is an, an Episcopalian priest, and he, he used to teach at Trinity College of Ministry in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Um, the school's confession was the 39 Articles of the Evangelical Church of England. And, um, you know, the Thomas Cranmer wrote the 39 Articles, and they disagree with what I just said at the beginning. Um, they teach, the 39 Articles teach that original sin is morally culpable sin, and everything that comes from it is morally culpable sin. But Wesley Hill wants you to believe that same-sex attraction, which comes from his original sin, is not inherently sinful or morally culpable as long as he is celibate. And his definition of celibacy only refers to his outward actions or his choices the things that he knowingly, consciously chooses. And so it's, it's, it, sin is essentially based on his memory of choosing something. And, um, you know, in 2014, at the 66th Annual Meeting of the Evangelical Theological Society, he presented a paper titled, Is Being Gay Sanctifiable? Scripture and the Great Tradition on Same-Sex Love and Christian Friendship, which I find this fascinating. I find it interesting because... The great tradition, all right, so classical theism, what the Roman Catholics affirmed and the Protestants affirmed, is not what Wesley Hill argues. The Roman Catholics, all the way up to the 1500s, argued that original sin and anything that comes from it is morally culpable sin. Original sin is all, all its motions, and the Protestants argued this as well. Where they disagreed at the Council of Trent was the Council of Trent argued that in the baptized, the guilt is removed from the motions of original sin and original sin. So there's no more guilt. And the Protestants said, no, sin does not change in the baptized. It's just that the sin is imputed to Christ and it's no longer counted against Christians. And so that was the disagreement. But the disagreement was not over what original sin is, that it's morally culpable sin, enough to damn you if you don't, if you aren't saved by Christ. And anything that comes from it is also morally culpable sin. And so in this paper, so, so Wesley Hill is not appealing to the great tradition. He quotes some obscure Catholic in this, in this paper who had no influence. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable that this was permitted as an argument. Um, but this is what he says. He says, 
it seems to me to, important to make some kind of distinction between an inclination to have sex with persons of the same sex and a broader sensitivity or sensibility that is part of what modern psychology refers to when it uses the language of homosexual orientation. Furthermore, it seems important to me to stress that much of what falls under that latter rubric, so not the homosexual inclination, but the homosexual orientation, may not be actively sinful, but rather the fruit of a Christian aesthetic effort to re reorder one's homosexual inclinations, end quote. And so he's saying that his same-sex attraction can be holy. It's not actively sinful. It's not actively morally culpable. This is contrary to what the Bible teaches concerning fleshly desire. Um, you know, the 10th commandment says, you shall not desire anything that belongs to your neighbor. Jesus in Matthew 5 said that you cannot have um, any lustful intent towards a woman without committing adultery in your heart. Some would argue, well, homosexual orientation is not lustful intent. Well, it, it's not Bible study. Like, it's not a desire to have Bible study with someone. Same-sex attraction is a sexual attraction. You cannot separate or parse out what is good in same-sex attraction because there is nothing good in same-sex attraction. It all comes from the fall. It was created by the fall. It was not designed by God. Therefore, it is inherently evil. And so we need to be clear about that so that folks can repent from it, so that folks can turn from their sin. That's what we need to be emphasizing. And one of his main premises in the paper is that all sexual desire, heterosexual and homosexual, are irreparably fallen and thoroughly corrupted. And the thing is, like, the th homosexuality was designed not by God, but by the devil. Heterosexuality was designed by God. So Adam and Eve, sinless in the garden, heterosexuality was created by God, designed by God. And heterosexuality actually has a divine mandate, which is heterosexual marriage. One man, one woman, covenantly bound together for life. But homosexuality on its best day is still inherently sinful because it came from the fall and it was not designed by God. It is not designed by God and it has no designed, no God designed outlet. And so it cannot be expressed. And so you have to reject it. You have to fight it. You have to turn from it just like you would any other sin. You know, everyone is, every Christian is battling and dwelling sin. And so someone who's battling this particular sin just needs to battle like the rest of us. I mean, all of us are battling indwelling sin. None of us can act on our fallen desires. None of us can, you know, entertain our fallen desires. And so we need to, in this way, we need to treat homosexuality like it's any other sin. It's contrary to God and it needs to be fought and rejected. And so we're not looking in the mirror and focusing on ourselves. We're looking to Jesus and enjoying his righteousness, trusting in him. And so we should feel good about Jesus and what he has done for us, taking our sin away, giving us his righteousness. But we should never feel good about our indwelling sin. And so I find myself reading the word, studying the word, seeking to think God's thoughts after him. And that's the emphasis. It's not on introspection to try to figure out how much of uh, my desire is good, how much of my desire that's contrary to God is good, or how much of my fleshly desire is sanctifiable. But on the contrary, it is 100%. If it's from the flesh, it's evil. And so I'm constantly fighting, battling the flesh. And praise be to God that we've, we have a Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, so Wesley Hill continues to argue. He says that same-sex attraction can be sanctified, that insofar as a homosexual orientation 
can represent a broader, deeper drive for non-genital same-sex closeness. It is not objectively disordered and may instead be a sign of God's gracious reordering of one's erotic life in Christ. In quote. So Wesley are, is arguing that um, his same-sex attraction can be turned towards same-sex friendships, and that is God-glorifying. But the thing is, like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, let's, let's just grant that there is a non-sexual aspect to our sexuality. So if heterosexuality is designed by God, then it's intended for marriage. And so if there is this non-genital desire for friendship, that's entailed in our sexuality, then God designed that for marriage. And so Wesley's saying, no, God designed it for friendship. And that is not what the Bible says. You won't find any of what he's arguing in the Bible. This is just 100% empty rhetoric. He's telling you how he feels, and then he's trying to play these rhetorical games to justify the fact that he is saying his flesh is good and that the flesh can produce good instead of, you know, the Bible talks about the flesh versus the spirit. We're told to walk in the spirit so that we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And Wesley's actually saying that his flesh produces good. And we need to go against that and reject that in another book, another. So he wrote that paper at ETS. Another book he wrote is called spiritual friendship. And this is what he writes. He says, perhaps celibate gay and lesbian Christians precisely in and out of their celibacy, are called to express rather than simply renounce and deny same-sex love. And perhaps this is where, for all the potential trials and temptations that come with this way of thinking, same-sex friendship represents one way gay Christians who wish to be celibate to say, I'm embracing a positive calling. I am, along with every other Christian, called to love and be loved, end quote. So the problem with this is that he's trying to find the good. He's trying to find the good in his flesh. I mean, it's equivalent to someone who is, um, has desires for white supremacy to, to call it. It's a desire for same race love. All it is is empty rhetoric. All it is is empty rhetoric. The Bible calls uh, homosexual sin an abomination that is contrary to God's design. Um, it is upside down sexuality according to romans chapter one you know upside down worship turning worship upside down worshiping the creature rather than the creator in romans one paul says that that leads to upside down sexuality to where men are not pursuing women and women are not pursuing men but they're pursuing the same sex so they've turned their sexuality upside down but yet wesley wants you to believe that this is good and holy that you need to embrace the non-sexual aspects of homosexuality, but it's all upside down. It's all contrary to God's design. This is not, I mean, this wouldn't exist without the fall, without the fall of mankind into sin. It a hundred percent needs to be rejected because it's contrary to God. And so do not go along with what Wesley Hill is arguing. Um, you know, he, he's butchering scripture and, you know, he continues, he says, being gay is, for me, as much a sensibility as anything else, a heightened sensitivity to and passion for same-sex beauty, which that's baloney. But he says that helps determine the kind of conversations I have, which people I'm drawn to spend time with, what novels and poems and films I like, uh, the particular visual art I appreciate, and also I think the kind of friendships I pursue and try to strengthen. 
I don't imagine I would have invested half as much effort in loving my male friends and making sacrifices of time, energy, and even money on their behalf if it were if I weren't gay. My sexuality, my basic erotic orientation to the world is inseparably intertwined with how I go about finding and keeping friends, end quote. So essentially he's saying he is acting on his homosexuality in non-sexual ways, and he's justifying it because he says it's good, it's beautiful. He even says he's, he pursues same-sex beauty, and it's not same-sex beauty. The reason why he views the world the way that he does is because his flesh has turned his sexuality upside down. And instead of rejecting his flesh and reading the Bible and submitting to what the Bible says concerning sexuality, instead of doing that, Wesley has said, I'm going, I'm going to reject this, the sexual aspects and I'm going to embrace the, the non-sexual aspects, which are still sexual. Like he still views men the way that Eve looked at Adam and the friendship that Eve desired from Adam Wesley says he desires that for men and that it glorifies God. But that is blatantly unbiblical. He, you know, biblically, men should not look at men the way that Eve looked at Adam. That is sinful. That is evil. That is wicked. It doesn't matter if you if you say it's non-sexual or what. The point is that you're saying it is a gay non-sexual desire. It's still inherently sinful. Now, it's not as bad as actively committing homosexual acts, but this is still a homosexual act that he's pursuing, that he's arguing for. And so do not be duped into believing that the flesh can produce good or that you can turn creation upside down just a little bit. Or that you can look, if you're a man, that you can look at other men the way that Eve looked at Adam in any form or fashion. And think that that is God glorifying. It's not. It's contrary to God's design. This is wicked and it's a result of his flesh. And so we've got to fight the flesh and instead choose to walk in the spirit. This is not walking in the spirit. And so today, Wesley Hill calls himself a, a celibate gay Christian. And he's in den a denomination. He left his previous denomination. And he's in a denomination, the Episcopalian a church that is fully gay affirming. And this is what he said in a recent interview earlier in 2022. He says, if you look at the official prayer book of the Episcopal Church, the marriage liturgy is something that I completely agree with. It's still quite traditional. My own view is that same-sex marriage is not in line with the will of God as revealed in Scripture. And yet I also want to say I could be wrong about that conviction. And I think that the church operates in terms of centuries, not years or decades. I feel a happy obligation to keep listening to people who disagree with me and keep engaging in dialogue. And I really hope that my progressive brothers and sisters would feel the same way toward me, end quote. Well, Wesley Hill does not believe that gay marriage is a heinous sin, evidently, or a heretical sin, like church history has argued for near 2,000 years. Rather, he says he may be wrong about it, and he hopes that his unrepentant homosexual Brothers and sisters in Christ, his progressive brothers and sisters in Christ that are in gay marriages, he hopes that they'll view him the same way and listen to him the way that he listens to them. Look, Wesley Hill doesn't have much of a conviction about biblical marriage 
if he's willing to call people who are in openly homosexual marriages his brothers and sisters in Christ, why would they ever repent of their homosexual sin if Wesley Hill is treating them as brothers and sisters in Christ? Furthermore, I'm sure Wesley thinks that he's being humble here by saying he could be wrong about marriage being only between one woman and one man for life, according to the Bible. But the truth is that he's just speaking about himself being right. The truth is that he's not just speaking about himself being wrong. He's saying that maybe all of church history, maybe the whole Old Testament and the whole New Testament and the church for 2000 years. So so since the garden, so about 6000 years of church history that they're all wrong. Maybe they're all wrong and these progressives are right. That's what he's saying. And that is not humility. That is arrogance. Homosexuality was not permitted in the Old Testament. It was not permitted among the Jews. It was not permitted for almost all of church history for the past 2,000 years. And yet Wesley says almost all of Christian history could be wrong about this. This is not humility. This is arrogance. And I want to encourage you to disregard Wesley Hill. All he ever brings, he doesn't bring scripture. And if he does, he's butchering it. He's taking it out of context. And when he does talk about church history, he's finding some obscure individual and he's reading in his own gay Christianity, his separation of same-sex sexual attraction from same-sex attraction and homosexual orientation. He reads that all into the documents and it's not there. It can't be found there. And he ignores the fact that Rome and the Protestants both said that original sin and everything that comes from it is morally culpable sin. And so it has to be turned from, repented from. You have to leave it behind. You can't persist in it and try to justify it. You can't look at an evil act and say, what is good about this evil act? What is good about this evil desire? And try to change it and transform it through rhetoric. Just as you wouldn't want someone who is a greedy person Someone who is a lover of money, you wouldn't say, well, that person loves money so much. Let's get them to lead um, a giving program at church because that, they can, that way they can seek to get money for the Lord. That, that would be the last person you would want handling money in the church. Same way concerning racism. Somewhat, you, you can't twist it around to say, well, racism is just you love your own race too much. No, racism is that you don't love other races. You hate other races. You devalue them. It's partiality. It is not love. It is arrogant. It's sin. You can't call it love. And so Wesley Hill is arguing these things about homosexuality, and all it is is empty rhetoric, and I want to encourage you to be aware of this false teacher so that you won't fall for his lies. Anytime you hear him talk, ask, does the Bible teach this? Does the Bible try to parse out the good in sin? And it never does. The Bible says it's very black and white. There are works of the flesh and works of the spirit. Wesley Hill wants you to believe that his same-sex sexual attraction is the flesh and his same-sex attraction, which was caused by the fall, it's not a result of the spirit. He wants you to see that as good, and it can't be.
it can't be both caused by the fall and good. And so we have to agree with Scripture. We have to reject this false teaching. And and so what do you do if you're if you have these desires, if you have same sex desires? Well, you turn from them. You confess them when you're aware of them and you turn from them and you read the Bible and you do what it says. Um, I would encourage you to find an opposite sex friend. And who knows, you may fall in love with him or her. And the goal would be to purify your mind with the word to seek to thank God's thoughts after him. Because if you are male, then God has made you male and marriage is tied to you being male. And so you're supposed to pursue a female for marriage if you have those desires. And then those who are female, God made you female. He made you to pursue a male for marriage. And so seek to thank God's thoughts after him and to agree with his design. You are not your feelings. Just because you may feel gay doesn't mean you are. You are not your feelings. You are not even your desires. You are who God says you are. And so you're an image bearer, and he made you male or female. And if you have any sexual desires, you are supposed to pursue marriage to an opposite-sex Christian. And so I want to encourage you in that endeavor to pursue that and to, to get to get it out of your head that you are gay. You are not your feelings. You are not your desires. You're who God says you are. And if you're a Christian, you are his child. And so where you fall short, confess that sin, get up and live for Jesus, constantly repent of sin, constantly turn from it, and seek to cultivate desires that are in lockstep with Scripture. And so, for example, pursuing an opposite-sex friend, seeking to cultivate that desire for opposite sex marriage. I mean, that should be the emphasis. That should be what you're working towards. Instead of emphasizing like Wesley Hill does, Wesley Hill desires marriage, but he says he's got to be celibate because of his sexual orientation. Well, where does the Bible say that he has that so-called orientation? Where does the Bible say that sexual attraction is a prerequisite for marriage? It doesn't. All you need is a man and a woman who are Christians, to get married. That's it. There's there's not prerequisites. Get two godly people who are opposite sex, and, and they should marry. And so that's what you need to pursue, and I, I just want to encourage you. I don't believe Wesley Hill is helping people. I believe he is doing great harm, and my prayer is that people would wake up to this false teaching that he's selling so that they can truly enjoy God's design for them God's design for their their futures, God's design for marriage, God's design for children. I mean, there's so much good that folks are voluntarily missing out on because they've been told the lie that they are their feelings. You are not. You're who God says you are, and you're who he's making you in Christ to be. So, friends, I hope that this has encouraged you. And I want to encourage you to, to check out my Patreon, uh, check out my YouTube channel, check out my podcast, All Truth is God's Truth. My other podcast, Pop Culture Quorum Dale podcast. And also you can find me on Twitter. If you have any questions, I, w- I would love to hear them. And if I can help you in any way, please reach out. Thank you. I've been persuaded, I see the Savior. I see His grace is amazing. I persevered to the end.